So we jumped on a little bit late. I lied. I said 6.45. It's 6.49. It's all good. Welcome back to another episode of the Cycle Shack. I'm Ivan Rodriguez. Today is Sunday, March 10th, 2019. Still chilly out there. The Cycle Shack podcast at gmail.com is how you contact the show. Check out the Cycle Shack on Facebook at the Cycle Shack podcast. Click on the link to go to the blog page, the website where you can watch the show, listen to it, read a blog. Or you can check out the YouTube page, the Cycle Shack Podcast. Or you can check me out like you're checking me out right now on Twitch.tv. Of course, the host platform for this podcast is Anchor.fm. Thanks to Anchor.fm, the sponsors of the show. And I think that's about it. And thank you, Twitch.tv. Twitch is amazing. I love it. So check us out, the Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send me anything. I know a lot of people have been using the Facebook Messenger to reach out to me. No problem. I, I, it doesn't matter either way. But, again, if you got something, send pictures of your bikes too, man. That's what I love. I like to post up pictures of uh, people who listen to the show of their bikes on the uh, Facebook page. So send it on over. What's up, everybody? So couple of things happening on the uh, motorcycle scene. Not too many. Not too many things to discuss on the show today. First off, I woke up this morning and it was freezing out. Um, it was about 35. It felt good yesterday. Felt like it warmed up to about 45. Felt like it was almost going to reach 50. And this, there was a lot of residual snow and ice melting down. I was happy about that. It started smelling like spring. You know, you smelt the warmth in the air. The sun was shining. It felt great. And uh, so today, this morning, we wake up from a sunny, beautiful, shiny sun, you know, sun shining all day yesterday. Wake up today and it's there's snow on the ground. So you gotta be kidding me. It wasn't much. And it started raining after, of course. We had like two inches of slush, about an inch and a half to almost two inches of slush. So. You know what? I, I'll, I'll take that over six, seven inches like we had the last time. I mean, we get, we had last week and we had three storms back to back. We had a storm Thursday night into Friday that put like maybe a dusting on the ground. We had another storm that was on uh, Saturday to Sunday that put about almost two inches on the ground. Then we had another storm after that Sunday night into Monday that produced about anywhere between four to six inches in the Hudson Valley in New York. And, um, it sucked, man. It really sucked. And I've been at war with the plows in my town because they got the new side attachments. You know, instead of using the front one tilted sideways, they also have like the highway department where they have the side ones. And now they think, oh, they can start flying around town. And they start cracking up against the sidewalks and the driveway humps. You know, like the driveways, you know, you got the sidewalk that dips down flat to the blacktop. Then it goes back up at the end of the driveway where these guys are slamming into them. So I could tell all over town the sidewalks are going to be pitted because these guys got these new plow attachments, and it looks like they don't know how to use them because they're slamming them all over sidewalks, and it sounds like thunder. It literally sounds like thunder rolling down my block at night, which is horrible because if they're coming down, if they start at 2 in the morning, you're waking up, you know, reaching for a baseball bat. What the hell's that? And it's the plow coming down the block. At two in the morning, scraping up against the sidewalk. The sidewalk's gonna be the curbside's gonna be pitted all the way. I know it. I saw it already. 
chunks of the sidewalk just all pitted up all because these guys got new plow attached. I guess the DPW got new plows. So these guys got the leftovers from the DPW. But anyway, I mean, you're thankful. But, you know, one thing, another thing those plow attachments do that pissed me off, those new ones, they're for highway. I don't know why they're using them around town. I mean, these this is the suburbs, okay? It's not even like we're in a rural area where they're throwing this up on grass. You know, I'll go outside. You know, you got to clean your sidewalk because you don't want nobody to fall. It's the suburbs. You got to go out to the street. Clean at least a two or three foot path for people to walk through for whoever's going to walk. Okay. Salt down. And then these clowns come with their new attachments and create like a rainbow of snow and ice right back. And so everything you you cleaned, you're getting double and triple on top of that. Boy, I was pissed. But anyway, I digress. So. We're supposedly 10 days away from spring. I can't wait. Hope you get getting your bikes into service. I, I I'm 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 talking crap, but I haven't taken mine to get serviced. But hopefully, I get a break in the weather, and I can take it in soon to get serviced. Uh, I can't wait. Gonna be taking a ride out to uh, Rolling Thunder this year. It's gonna be the last year for Rolling Thunder, so it'll be my first time going. I'm going with a couple of friends, so it'll be nice. We'll check it out. It's sad to say that it's the last year of it because it's something to support the veterans it's in Washington, D.C. But uh, I'm glad I'm going to be a part of that at least to go check it out and watch it. It'll be my first time, and if it doesn't happen again, my first and only time, right? So I'll make sure I'll take plenty of pictures. Maybe I'll uh, take the mobile stuff with me and get some word out with people and uh, you know talk to the crowd. So... Like I said, not much happening. You know, a few things in the way of motorcycles this week. I'll tell you one thing. I saw an article on uh, speedsociety.com. And, you know, I'm in, I'm infatuated with the Chevy Tahoe and Suburban. I've always loved those trucks. Uh, from the moment that the 95, I think 95 was the first brand that, well, I can't even say that. I think it was an 84 it was a custom deluxe uh, Chevy Suburban that I fell in love with. This thing was a tank. My uncle had one in like a, it was a Scottsdale edition. It was blue with like gray paneling on the door. And this thing was a battle tank. And that V8 engine looked lost under that hood. That's how big this thing was. And uh, I've liked the Suburbans ever since. And then when the 95s came out with the uh, double doors on the back, you know, I call them the Tony Soprano ones. Those were beautiful. Those were nice. But uh, now apparently, according to Speed Society, and you can check this out. This is an article from February 19th by Jesse Kleib or Klebe. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It says here, you can order 1,000 horsepower Suburban or Tahoe straight from the dealer. That's cool. It says it seems like an Internet craze has done a really good job of desensitizing us to what substantial horsepower is. I don't get that, but while the web might tell us anything short of a thousand ponies isn't worth tinkering with, the reality is that most people will be perfectly happy with maybe six or seven horsepower, 700 horsepower. However, that doesn't stop shops from cranking out these high horsepower builds that have people gawk all over them. After all, 
while it may be unnecessary, lots of power can certainly be a lot of fun. Apparently, these days, the dealerships is, uh, the dealership is getting in on the retailing. 1,000 horsepower builds. That's cool. I mean, provided that you got the money to buy it. I wonder what this is going to run. So uh, thanks to a special vehicle engineering, the same company that cranks out the Yanko trim level uh, customers with an uh, open wallet can now get a 1,000 horsepower Chevy Tahoe or Suburban still with a warranty. Now that's important and that's good. Okay. According to Maxim, all SVE upgrades come with a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on the engine and body. They continue, that is, comes along with one-year, 12,000-mile on the tranny. There aren't many other places where consumers go to be able to go out and produce that kind of power. With all the peace of mind that if something breaks, they're going to fix it. Why would anything break? It'll run just fine. For those looking to maintain all-wheel drive, something not provided by the top tier 1,000 horsepower package, customers can downgrade to an 810 horsepower package. This package features the same 6.8 liter supercharged V8 engine found in the Stage 2 trucks. The Stage 1 package includes forged steel crankshaft, aluminum pistons, CNC-ported LT1 heads, a supercharger, headers, and an optional heavy-duty transmission. This is short of the fuel system, CNC-ported LT4 heads, larger supercharger with more boost and larger throttle body offered by Stage 2 combination. Stage 2 also comes with an upgrade, uh, upgraded uh, transmission standard. For those who want to get their hands on either of the available packages, they can be ordered through a normal Chevy dealer. 44995 will grab the Stage 1 goodies, and 66995 will produce the Stage 2. Both of these prices are on top of the purchase price of a new Suburban or Tahoe. So how much is a new Suburban or Tahoe, guys? Those bad boys run for about $60,000. So you're talking if you want that 1,000 horsepower, that's another 66995 That's over $120,000. For a 1,000 horsepower Suburban or Tahoe, folks. Now, in this day and age, where we're straying away from making vehicles like this, I don't know that Chevy's going to get too many customers like this other than rich boys wanting rich toys, really. But how many of them can, can can be bought? I mean, unless it's a celebrity. You know what I'm saying? Well, they sell a few of these out to the Saudis. You know how these Saudi princes, I guess, like, like driving Suburbans and Tahoes, right? Maybe the feds, who knows? Maybe law enforcement. Thousand horsepower. Maybe maybe the New York State Troopers, right? So, you know what? I just answered my own question. 
This could go a long way. We'll see. We'll check it out on the notes of the show. If you want to click the link, I'll post it on the notes so you can check them out. But again, that was on SpeedSociety.com, and feel free to check it out. So (laughs) I'm going to skip a topic. It was funny because uh, for about a week, there was something going on on the news. And again, I say I hate watching the news, but I catch it once in a while in the morning to watch the weather, so I let it play in the background. And there was something stupid. I mean, it concerned me at first. And it was with this whole character on YouTube called Momo. It's some weird character that, I don't know, is apparently on YouTube and it's it's telling kids or daring kids to stick like metal screwdrivers and electrical sockets or to you know, stab themselves or to do very harmful and vicious, nasty things to themselves. So I figured, wow, this is crazy. Heck of people putting on you? Who the hell put that? And they should find the person who created that and lock them up if it's true. Well, it turns out the whole thing was a hoax. Momo's not trying to kill children, people. Uh... I got here from theatlantic.com. You can check it out yourself. It was posted February 28th. And it says here, Momo is not trying to kill children like eating Tide Pods and snorting condoms. The Momo challenge is a viral hoax. Tuesday afternoon, a Twitter user going by the name of Wanda Maximoff whispered out her iPhone and posted a terrifying message to parents. Warning. Please read this. This is real, she tweeted. There's a thing called Momo that's instructing kids to kill themselves. The attached screenshot on Facebook, on the her Facebook post reads, inform everyone if you can. Now, I don't know if you'll be able to see it because it's too bright, but that's the Momo, the stupid little character with the big eyes. I, I I don't know. Maxoff's plea has been retweeted more than 22,000 times. So the thing went viral. So, of course, everybody thought it was real. It also uh, got to, okay, in the middle of the week, celebrity Kim Kardashian posted the warning as well. And then it went even more viral. So any concerned parents reading this, according to this article, do not worry. The Momo Challenge is a recurring viral hoax that's been perpetuated by local news stations and scared parents around the world. Before I go on my little rant, I'm going to finish reading this. Again, the Momo Challenge is a recurring viral hoax that has been perpetuated by local news stations and scared parents around the world. This entire cycle of shock, terror, and outrage about Momo even took place before. Less than a year ago, last summer, local news outlets across the country reported that the Momo Challenge was spreading among teens via WhatsApp. Previous rumors 
about the challenge spread throughout Latin America and Spanish-speaking countries. The Momo challenge wasn't real then, and it isn't real now. YouTube confirmed that contrary to press reports, it has not seen any evidence of real videos showing or promoting the Momo challenge on its platform. If the videos did exist, a spokesperson for YouTube said, they would be removed instantly for violating the platform's policies. Additionally, there would have been zero uh, additionally, there have been zero corroborated reports of any child ever taking their own life after participating in this phony challenge. Momo itself is a, an Oculus sculpture created by artist Kiyatsu. I don't even remember what, the, I don't even know what this name is. Kiatsu Ayazawa for the Japanese special effects company Link Factory. The real artwork for the title is Motherbird. And it was on display at Tokyo's Horror Art Gallery in 2016. So here's proof that there's always fake news, folks. Every media outlet, and I remember watching this on, and I want to blow it up. Channel 11, New York, New York City, Pix 11 News, which broadcasts all the way up in my town. They didn't fact check it. They didn't even bother. They just ran with it and just started, boom, blasting it on every on their network. And I think I saw it on, on, on a couple of other news outlets. And it went spreading like wildfire aside from social media. So there we go. Proof in the pudding that there is fake news I'll leave it at that. I'm not even going to keep going on that rant. But, uh, yeah, that sucks. That really sucks. I, You know, we even went as far as showing our kids this character and talking to them and telling them, hey, if you ever see a video like this pop up, they're like, you don't know what that is. We haven't seen that character. So we're like, well, all right, well, if you see it pop up, don't do, don't do what it tells you to do. We explain to them what supposedly is being reported so they understand. And it was all a hoax. I went myself and I started find, trying to find this. And all I found was videos warning people about it, but I didn't find the actual videos. So in my head, I thought, well, but what? you know, as much as YouTube is monetizing stuff, how could they allow this to keep playing? But sure enough, we'll leave that alone. But the Momo challenge is not real, folks. So in other news, you got the creation of Zero's all-new electric motorcycle. They came out with another another bike. And you know what's funny is that, um, I don't know, this this electric bike thing is starting to be the craze. You know, I said that I can't see this taking off. Um... But it looks like there's a few manufacturers starting to come out with them. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't see these as being the big craze. But who knows? I don't know. I'm always going to have a a, a gasoline-guzzling motorcycle. I can't see the thrill of me having an electric bike. But anyway, this is from Wired.com. Inside the creation of Zero's all-new electric motorcycle. So check this out. Kickstand's now up 
One of 20 or so engineers and designers calls out the studio, calls the design studio okay. A few respond near unison. Half of them are holding their phones in the air, pointing at the half-finished motorcycle that's standing on the lift table. And What the heck is this? I didn't even check this even before I brought it up. But anyway. Harley-Davidson is taking pre-orders for its battery-powered live wire, Ducati CEO says. The future is electric. Kawasaki has patents that are that indicate a similar view. Zero is the Tesla of mo- the motorcycle world. It's smaller and younger than the established manufacturers, but with more relevant experience. We're very old. We are a very old electric vehicle company, says CEO Sam Paschel. The new generation allows us to create the gap create a gap again so right now zero is saying that the bike can go 161 miles in range a top speed of 120 miles per hour 110 horsepower at 140 foot-pounds of torque. Okay? The Zero SR forward slash F boasts. A Harley rep says that the production live wire will also have a new motor and battery. I'm sorry, I'm just zipping through this because I, I, I can't believe I didn't read this. This is even the same article. But anyway, Harley boasts $10,000 more expensive. The live wire is going to be $10,000 more than what the Zero motorcycle is. Okay? The Harley will be about 10000 more expensive than the SRF, which starts at $18,995. I still think that's steep for an electric bike, man. I don't know. Zero motorcycles out of Santa Cruz, California. I, I can't see I can't see myself paying that for an electric bike. No way. I mean, the, I, I guess it'd be time to stop riding if government's mandated no, no engines on motorcycles. I think I'd have to stop riding. I, I can't ride a non-internal combustion engine motorcycle. I couldn't see myself. I want to hear the exhaust. I want to feel the rumble of the engine. You know what I mean? I want a, an engine, not a motor. But... They are coming out. It says here the premium version is starting at $20,995, which also includes heated handlebars. Ooh, that's nice. Heated handlebars. The 2019 SRF, 485 pounds the bike will weigh. Uh, LED headlights and brake lights. Center screen, 
yada, 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 yada. So check it out. Go to ZeroMotorcycles.com. Google search Zero Motorcycles. Check out the new SRF. Or you can read this article at Wired.com, which will be on the notes of the page when we're done. So, again, you know, Harley on the steep side with almost 30 grand for their live wire. Zero with an $18,000 motorcycle. And again, here I thought people were going to come out with affordable bikes for people to go riding, you know, around city city towns. Excuse me. Millennials, right? Zipping around town on battery-operated bikes. I don't know. So we got another article here from uh, Buell. Eric Buell Motorcycles is back. And he's launching uh, Buell Motorcycles. But they're coming out electric. Take a little swig of water here. And it looks nice. I actually like the way this one looks as opposed to the, uh, you know, I, I like the look of the live wire also. But uh, you can check this out on MotorcycleNews.com. And it was printed March 4th, 2019. And it highlights Eric Buell launches electric motorcycle brand. Eric Buell is back. This time he's teamed up with Frederick Vassor, a Formula E and F1 frame entrepreneur. Francois Tierney to launch an electric motorbike called Fuel. F-U-E-L-L. Fuel. The fuel now comes in an 11 kilowatt, 125cc equivalent or 32 kilowatt A2 license equivalent versions and uses a hub motor on the rear wheel to leave space for 50 liters of integrated storage. Fuel are claiming a city range of 125 miles for the flow, which means charging at a public charger. You ready for this? And this is what's going to catch everybody. You want to know how much this thing's going to cost? You get 125 miles on a full charge, and it could charge it at any public charger. The American version is going to cost $10,995. That sounds more like it. I got a little hair here that's sticking out. Pain in my ass. 10995 That sounds reasonable. That's what Harley Davidson should have done. And Eric Buell, a guy that used to be with them, did it to him. He came out with what was needed. The fuel fluid is an e-bike with a range of up to 125 miles that comes in at 20 or 28 mile per hour versions, produce 74 foot pounds of torque. Okay, so it's not the fastest thing, but you know what? If you're going to start producing these things, I'm sure they can make them a little bit faster. And if that price goes price goes up a little bit slightly from ten thousand to twelve thousand, you'll still be all right. It uses a maintenance-free carbon belt drive system and internal hub gears, 
Uh, oh. I'm sorry. The fuel fluid is an electric bicycle version of the motorcycle. And will cost $3,295. So I'm all over the place. So the fuel motorcycle gives you 125 miles. And it will cost $10,995. The bicycle version, which is an e-bike, which also can go up to 125 miles, will cost $3,295 American. Not bad. Not bad at all. It will be... Okay, the fluid will start in 2019. The flow will be released in 2021. Not bad. I'm sure one. I'm sure they're waiting for Livewire and all these other bikes to come out first so that they can maybe change some technology and make it even cheaper. I don't... I, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh... You know, it kind of, it kind of, I don't know. It still sucks to me that Harley's charging that much for an electric bike, or they're gonna charge that much, and they're gonna be people that are gonna pay it too. That that's the sad part. Um. So yeah. And finally, the main topic tonight. So. We've all been, bra- you know, I've been specially saying that Harley needs to change the way they're making bikes. They need to change if they want to attract that millennial. If they want to attract that 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 uh, college student. Uh, if they want that younger version coming on board. They got rid of the Dyna. They really did. That was attracting a lot of the young people. So they should have kept rolling the Dyna platform. That's one. Two, not all these young guys are buying baggers. I'm into baggers, but I'm an older guy. A lot of these young guys, they may not be able to afford baggers. So, I I mean... Not so much that I spoke to anybody in Harley Davidson, but in my mind, I'm like, you know, I call it out. I want to, you know, I, I, I wish these guys would come out with a better bike, you know, a, a better priced bike. Because if you look at a Harley bagger, they're beautiful. They come out with great paint jobs. The chroming is wonderful. Uh, but $25,000, $30,000, really? You know? So... Their price ranges have gotten slightly, and I mean ever so slightly lower, but not enough. The 2019s come out, and they're up there. 27,000, 30,000. The CVO line is 40,000, almost 50,000. They're beautiful bikes, don't get me wrong, but again, got to have the scratch. So they come out now with a bike that was released Already in 2019, I won't say mid-year because we're only in March. 
So they came out with the all-new 2019 Electra Glide Standard. According to HarleyDavidson.com, a new stripped-back touring icon. So the Electric Glide Standard was around a few years ago. Uh, they stopped producing it, and it's back. This thing, if you go to HarleyDavidson.com, check it out. I'll have it on the link uh, for the page so you could follow it. And it's a beautiful bike. But it's a street glide. That's what it is. It's a street glide. And I'll tell you what. It goes on to say here on this is HarleyDavidson.com. The 2019 Electric Glide Standard, a bare essentials bike with all the modern capabilities for the touring purist. Build to make it your own. Now, it goes on to show here a bunch of beautiful photographs of the bike, and it is a beautiful bike. It's in black. It comes with the V-twin Milwaukee 8 engine, powerful, smooth-running engine with crisp throttle response and a pure, soul-satisfying rumble. I will agree. Here's where it get me. Minimalist technology. Disconnect from the screens and gadgets and enjoy the ride with minimal features like electronic cruise control and a glove box in place of an audio system. So where your stereo or your GPS would normally come on a Street Glide, a Road Glide, CVO version, Street Glide Special, Electric Glide Ultra Classic, Ultra Limited Low, with the new infotainment center, they scratched that. It's a glove box now. But you got the cruise control and all that other BS, right? Okay. Solo touring seat. No two-up. Came with one single to solo touring seat. Okay. Came with the bat wing, bat wing fairing with a mid-height windshield. It didn't come with the low-profile windshield like the Street Glide Specials or anything come out with. It's the uh, mid-height. So it's about, what, six inches? Eight inches, maybe? The iconic bat wing fairing split-stream vent does more than just look good. It delivers smooth airflow, reduced heat, uh, head buffeting. The mid-height windshield gives you extra protection from the elements. Okay. No worries. The motion technology rear shock absorbers, which are the you know preloaded ones that you can click. Okay. Same as every other one. 49 millimeter forks with dual suspension, but da -da -da, same as the rest of the stuff. So the bike uh, weight is 781 pounds. Uh, seat height 26.1 inches, 111 foot pounds of torque, Milwaukee 8107, yada, 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 yada. So you're basically getting a street glide because that's what this bike looks like. A street glide minus ABS and minus, let's forget the ABS. Forget about that. Minus the infotainment system. So this bike right now is being classified as the affordable tour right eighteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine bucks nineteen thousand dollars add two thousand more and you get yourself the street glide two thousand dollars that's what you're saying that stereo pretty much is worth you took the stereo out through a glove box say we're bringing back the uh the electric glide standard and there it is you sold the street glide without the stereo Pretty much. By the time you finish paying the dealer 
crap with this and all that other stuff, the financing charges. You're in the 21, 22, 23,000 range. So you might as well get the Street Glide special. You might as well go all in or the Street Glide or the Electric Glide, you know, the low, whatever you want. You're already in. How much is your monthly payment going to be as far as difference? You break. So this is what Harley comes up with, and this is where I get disappointed in this company. Again, I love Harley. As you can see, I got my new book back here that was given to me, my little uh, Harley thing here. I love Harley. I own one. I love the brand. I want them to succeed. But they keep doing this shit to people. They make you pay the Harley tax. To me, this is, this is just giving you less and making you pay more for less. That's all they did. Oh, wow. 18000 Cool. BS. I call BS. They're making you pay more for less. They took a stereo out. And they're charging you 19000 Excuse me, eighteen nine ninety nine. You have a penny? Give me a break. So that's what pisses me off. Take something like this, okay? Leave the Batwing fairing on it. Get rid of the cruise control. Or leave the cruise control if you want. Because, I mean, how expensive can the cruise control option be? Really. And if you take this bike, get on the website for yourself. Podcast at gmail.com. You tell me what you think or talk to me on the Facebook page and you tell me if I'm wrong. You'd be paying more for less. I personally would like to see on this bike what makes this bike $19,000, really. Really. It's a touring bike. So that means they're not going to go and produce anything special on the assembly line. They're going to take they took all their touring stuff, threw it on here, left out the infotainment and said we're going to call this the Electric Glide Standard, and guess what? Take two or three grand off of it. Throw it up. That's not making it affordable. Me, personally, I can't see why Harley leave the 107, right? Or, if, honestly, you wanted to make it more affordable? Throw the 103 on it. Make brand new 103s. Keep making them. Put them on this one. Leave out the infotainment. Hell, if you want, leave out the cruise control. Get rid of it. Right? No tour pack, just hard saddlebags and a batwing fairing. A 103 engine. Put a price tag. Put a price tag of $15,999. $14,999. As an entry-level tourer. You know what I'm saying? You know, this is nothing but a, a road king with a fairing, with a batwing fairing. Let me see something here. I want to see the soft tail. I'm just scrolling through the site here. Give me one second, guys. No, you know what? Let's go to the other touring bikes. The Sport Glide is supposed to be the entry level. Look at that. Look at that. The Sport Glide is 18649. The new Street Glide, the new Electric Glide, 
which is supposedly an entry-level tourer, a bare-bones tourer, but that's what the sport guide was. That new one, 2019, $18,999. The 2019 Sport Glide, $18,649. Really? This is where they don't make sense with their pricing. The Fat Boy, $19,049. Give me a break. The Heritage Classic, $19,000. Unbelievable. I think... I think Again, you're making your customers pay more for less, in my opinion. And I don't think it's right. I don't think you're doing the right thing, Harley. I really don't. I challenge you to make a more affordable bike. I challenge you. You came out with a touring bike, an entry-level touring bike, but you didn't give it an entry-level price. Give me a break. Give me a break. Again, I love the brand. You know, I, I don't like knocking it, but I'm going to call it like I see it. I don't like what they're doing with it. And it's going to hurt them in the end. It really is. This isn't doing any of those students or, or any of that that group that you're trying to attract in inner city student, college students and millennials or whatever the case may be, the younger generation that you want to come crawl into your bikes, you better come up with something fast. You better come out with a sport bike or something, really, a real sport bike, okay? A real sport bike with a Harley engine on it or something. You know who you need to talk to? You better talk to Keanu Reeves and Garth Hollinger, or Harlinger, however you pronounce it. Because they're doing the right thing with the quote-unquote Harley engine and uh, making sport bikes out of them. They're awesome. They're expensive, but they're doing it right. So, Harley, you need to wake up. Really wake up. Give me your your comments, your opinions, the CycleShack Podcast at gmail.com. Check out the CycleShack on Facebook at the Cycle Shack Podcast. You can click the link and go on the webpage, see the blogs. You can see this show on the webpage, possibly tomorrow night or the night after. But you can catch the repeat of the show on YouTube right after it's over. Thank you to Twitch.tv for hosting this live. Thank you for Anchor.fm for hosting the podcast on iTunes, on Anchor.fm, and sending it to everywhere podcasts are listened to. Thanks a lot, everybody. Again, From the Hudson Valley, I'm Ivan Rodriguez. This was another episode of the Cycle Shack, man. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you all. Give me your opinion. Hit me up on the email or Facebook. We'll see you soon.